Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. We are so glad that you could join us on this podcast today. We have a very special topic. At first glance, it doesn't sound like a real fun topic, (laughs) Megan, I got to tell you, but I'm really anxious to dive into this. This is an inspiration that Megan has had. So Megan, why don't you tell us why and how you were inspired for this topic? Sure. And I just want to say, I hope that uh, y'all enjoyed the little break that we took over this summer and got to catch up on some of our old podcasts. Uh, This is number 46 that we are recording today. And so it's exciting to have, you know, have all these topics that we've discussed. And it's such a pleasure and a joy to be here and, and to discuss the things of the Lord together. And so we're glad that you came to join us. And, and, you know, maybe a topic's not fun, but every time, but fruitful, we hope all the time. And so I think uh, that hopefully will be the case for today. And so in a word, the topic is going to be mortification, which in no way sounds good. No, right. Uh, But the reality is it is a calling as a Christian to mortify ourselves. And so during this um, podcast, we want to talk a little bit about what that means, what purpose that serves, some of the ways that it's been maybe um, misused, misunderstood, misinterpreted, uh, or maligned, I think, uh, Mm. to a large degree in in current society. Uh, And I think it's important to really look at it because the reality is it is an enduring, significant part of the history of the church and the way that um, very, very holy men and women have lived out their Christianity. Okay, so let's just start, Megan, like for me, I mean, I generally know mortification, but do we have like a a definition by Catholic means what mortification really is? Well, before we get into a definition, I wanted to start with a couple of scripture verses, because okay. I think rooting it in scripture is so important. It just really gets to the heart of where it comes from, the concept, and why it's been a part of Christian life. So I'm going to read uh, a couple scripture verses just to kind of set us on the path. So the first comes from our Lord himself in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then from Galatians, our dear St. Paul in chapter five, he says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then he also goes on to say in first Corinthians chapter nine, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Mm, Disqualified. So in what Christ, you know, we often listen to that, you know, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Like how many Christians just totally know that verse and, and what, what do we often think when we're, you know, coming about that idea of what does it mean to deny oneself and take up your cross? What does that really mean? Well, for, for me, it means that interior dying of self, let's call it the ego, um, that predominant sin of pride that 
all of us carry that we want what we want, um, sometimes not even aware that we are so rooted in self um, because we think, you know, maybe this is what God wants, but it's really what we want. Mm -hmm. And so that ultimate dying of self I mean, where it's not comfortable, where you are going against what you really want to do because you've seen that God's called you to that. Right. And that, you know, I think is a very important way to look at it and a, a very um, significant way to look at it, particularly today, because, you know, we tend to focus more on the spiritual aspects of ourselves as human beings in our relig- in our religious life. But what I would then say is that we've talked about in previous podcasts about how we are not just spiritual beings. We are also physical beings. We are a composite of these two things and that we are called to be fully integrated in our lives and that our desire to grow in holiness, our desire to deny ourselves and take up our crosses has to happen both interiorly in our spirit, but also exteriorly in our bodies. And so, you know, St. Paul, he says time and time again about how, you know, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. I have to, you know, discipline my body. I have all these things because the reality is, is that so much of our interior disorder also gets expressed in our bodies. And if we're not working on both, you know, we're not firing on both cylinders, really trying to grow in holiness in both aspects of who we are, spiritual and physical beings, we're not going to truly excel. And the, and that brings me to the kind of the reason why I really thought I wanted to talk about this topic right now, because I've been watching a lot of the Olympics mm-hmm. And I have always loved the Olympics. I, even with all the crazy, annoying political stuff, you know, I can somehow put that aside and just really look at these individuals who have done so much work, who have suffered pain and hardship in many different ways in order to pursue excellence on, you know, the field of competition, of sport. And so I've always enjoyed that. And I, and I, as you know, Pam, I used to be a personal trainer for mm-hmm, a period of right. time. So this idea of, you know, training the body to, you know, be able to maximize its capabilities and, and be strong and everything is, is something that speaks to me. But for the first time, as I've watched the Olympics, I've really have been struck by the fact that the culture looks at these Olympians and they're like, isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Look at how hard they've worked and how, you know, strong and fast and how high they can jump and all the sacrifices they've made and the ways that they've, you know, made their body put in pain so that they could achieve this excellence. And we laud it. Mm. But then if somebody comes around and says, well, you know, I, I thought maybe I would, you know, do this little act of mortification uh, in order to grow in my spiritual life. Well, isn't that a little much? <laughs> Don't you think that's a little over the top hmm. to, you know, actually choose to do something that's painful or dis- uncomfortable or to deny yourself a right. pleasure for the pursuit of holiness? How disordered is that, that we will be excited and, and you know, just praising somebody for trying to achieve a temporal glory and then say to somebody who wants to do something to try to 
grow closer to God and to, you know, tame one's flesh in order to grow in for spiritual, you know, excelling. Right. Where did we get to that point? That that one on the one hand, we're going to say, that's awesome. That's amazing. You're so great. And then over here, you're weird. You're disordered. You're like over the top with your spirituality. Yeah. Well, the kind of the first thing that comes to my mind when you're saying that is very common today, too, though, is you're talking about the seen and the unseen. Mm-hmm. So the excellence with the physical human body is definitely very seen. It's it's it is in our mortal bodies. Um, however, in our spiritual bodies, you can't see that kind of growth. So people are like, well, why would you do that? And how do we know that there's any there is like less measurable, mm-hmm. I'd say. Right. Yeah. Well, to kind of get into the topic a little more, there's a, a great quote that I found um, from St. Alphonse uh, de Liguori. Great, amazing saint. Awesome. One who I quite am attracted to by the fact that he ha- he wrote what is the most famous of the Stations of the Cross. And since you all, if you've heard, we did a podcast on the right. Stations of the Cross. And so I have a real devotion to the Stations of the Cross. And so I wanted to read it. It's a, a little bit of a, you know, wordy quote, but then we can kind of dig into it and talk about a little bit what he's um, talking about. So here we go. Exterior mortification is the conquering of the sensual appetites. Worldlings call the saints cruel because they deny their bodies all sensual gratifications and afflict themselves with hair shirts, disciplines, and penances. But St. Bernard says that those are much more cruel towards themselves who, for the sake of the momentary pleasures of the world, condemn themselves to the eternal torments of the next. Others say that the body should be denied all forbidden pleasure, but despise exterior mortification, saying that interior mortification alone is necessary, that is, the mortification of the will. Yes, it is in the first place necessary to mortify the will, but it is also necessary to mortify the flesh, because if the flesh is n- be not mortified, it will have great difficulty in being obedient to God." St. John of the Cross says that he who teaches that exterior mortification is not necessary is not to be believed, although he should perform miracles. Mm. Yeah, I tell you what, I I just immediately get an image of that very secularist notion, like you were saying, that why would you ever do that? I mean, our, our culture now is more about not being uncomfortable, right? Right. Um, uh, feelings are king and we want good feelings and mm-hmm. no bad feelings. Bad, bad is bad, right. you know, instead of being able is is contradictory, which so many things that have beauty behind it are kind of contradictory, like mortification. So mm, I don't know. Well, and I think we also suffer from, you know, some kind of media portrayals of this in ways that make people misunderstand it. You know, for the, the thought that comes to mind immediately is, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, seen the, um, you know, that movie based on the Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Code. I have not. Okay. Well, there's in that book or in the movie, there, there is a, a character who is a, a monk, basically, I guess you would call him. Um, who they show in the movie this display of him doing mortification that's just incredibly violent, incredibly, you know, over the top, and clearly 
not ordered towards what it would be properly ordered towards in somebody who's trying to achieve holiness. He's he's basically acting out of a masochistic uh, impulse as opposed to a holy impulse. Okay. So I think it's important to kind of uh, tease that out a little bit as to, you know, if someone were to consider physical mortification, what would, what would be a way that one would do that? That's appropriate. That's well-ordered. That is going to actually have the desired result of growing in holiness and not uh, the undesired result of being, you know, disordered in a masochistic way or in a pride kind of way where you, you know, are thinking, well, look how holy I am that I'm willing to do this kind of thing. Or you could have the opposite. I mean, of, of people that suffer from, really poor self-image and think I don't deserve any better than this kind of right. self-mortification yeah. and, and then something, go too far with that. Or, you know, actual Lord. psychiatric disorder where, you know, they have, you know, self-harm mm-hmm. being part of it. Like, you know, mortification is not cutting and, and all these sort of things that because you feel empty or, you know, you feel numb. And so you're trying to get some sort of sensation or, or whatever. So, I think in talking about the idea of mortification, one has to talk about, well, what is the motivation? Where does that concept come from? And we can talk about it both interiorly and exteriorly because honestly, I think you can agree, Pam, that sometimes the interior mortification can be much more difficult and more painful than an exterior. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, it was one thing to deal with a pain of the body but a suffering of the soul can often be, you know, a much more significant That's right. difficulty, right? And, but why would we do it? That's the question. Why would one decide Choose. to mm-hmm. do it? Because, you know, there is always, there's going to be suffering in this life. We live in a fallen world. There's always going to be physical and spiritual suffering as a result of sin, which is pervasive in the world. That is the reality. And as Christians, we're called to take up the crosses that are given to us, you know, that God permits in our lives and to order them towards uniting them to him and, you know, growing in closeness to him and and all that, of course. But what we're talking about in mortification is something that you choose. Okay. It's a free will. I wondered will. about that. So you're saying that mortification has to be chosen as opposed to offering up sufferings that come your way. Right. That that I would not consider a mortification. Oh, that okay. is, uh, you know, you certainly can consider that um, a self-gift, a self-offering. You know, you're choosing, but you haven't chosen the pain to come to you, right? You You are receiving what has been given in a holy manner. But it's not an act, the act of the will in that sense comes to how you respond to the suffering. Right. Whereas in, when you're talking about the concept of mortification, the act of the will comes in choosing the suffering. Okay. You're going to have to get to the, what is the kind of choosing the suffering is? Cause I'm not sure I've done that very well then. Cause I've, I've mostly always offered what's come to me mm-hmm. other than exercising when I didn't want to. Right. Okay. <laughs> but then, okay. Exercising when you didn't want to. So what is, what is your goal when you're exercising when you didn't want to? Would it, would it, even though you didn't want it, why did you decide to do it? What was the good you were seeking? Um, I guess it was more of a, 
I had to get moving. I had to get your body moving or it was going to continue to deteriorate at a more rapid rate than it ever would. You know, you have to get out there and and move just to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, you're choosing a discomfort mm-hmm. uh in order for the good of health. Right. Right. So mortification then would be choosing a discomfort for the good of spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And so you are making an act of the will and determining that entering into a place of discomfort or self-denial or pain will help you grow spiritually and so you're choosing it you're not accepting it you're choosing it okay like fasting fasting is actually an act of mortification okay well i guess i've done more than that than that that would be a physical mortification (laughs) Mm -hmm. to fast Mm -hmm. because you are choosing the discomfort of hunger for a spiritual good which is you know in your self-denial, you you feel that hunger and, and that draws you into prayer or you're able to offer that suffering in, you know, combination with the Christ suffering on the cross. Because this is the really important point to make about any time you're considering anything that's a mortifying choice. It always gets its merit, not by your action, but by your bringing it in union to Christ's suffering. Our suffering has no merit of its own, but it can have great merit when united to Christ's suffering, which has all merit in the world. Right. And so in doing that, there's two things that can happen. You not only can gain the grace of whatever the merits of your suffering combined of Jesus's suffering are, But also, I would say another great benefit of choosing a mortification is the greater unity that you can experience by walking with Christ in his suffering in a way that's more palpably relatable. So when when Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings, because for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, you know, are made up in my body. So what Paul is saying in that is saying, it's not that this is a, you know, a verse that people all kind of get confused about, whatever. What is lacking in Christ's suffering is nothing related to merit. It's just the reality that at this current time, when we live in this world and have our own bodies that are not glorified and not fully in union with Christ, his suffering is not fully lived out just by the nature of our humanity in this world, because we're not fully united to him. So when we do have suffering, we can say, praise be to God for this, because now I am closer to my savior, who is the suffering servant. And so to enter into a mortification, a decision to say, I'm going to choose this discomfort, this pain, this self-denial, not only for potential prayers that I could make in reparation or penance or so, maybe we can talk about the difference between those two things, but, but also that greater intimacy 
of being able to relate to our Lord who suffers. Right. Like consoling the heart. Yeah, Consoling the heart absolutely. of Jesus. Right. Okay. Yeah. And this happens, you know, when we make choices to, you know, even for example, say we're a person who really does tend to talk <laughs> in ways that, you know, maybe we just, we like to be part of the conversation or we tend to have a, you know, quick retorts about things or whatever, uh, or like to gossip. We've even heard, you know, that like to, to go into a situation and say, for me, it's pleasurable to talk, you know, even if it's not talking about something negative, even if it's just your own, you know, you just like to engage in the gab. Right. <laughs> and you say, you know what, for today, I'm just going to be quiet. And I know I'm going to be moved to, I'm going to feel that urge to just jump in there and get in the conversation. But today I'm going to tame my tongue and I'm going to choose to not speak. And then in that silence, work on being more recollected. Okay. So you see that you're denying yourself the pleasure of the conversation that you would engage in. That's the mortification, but that frees you up then to focus not on what am I going to say or, you know, what's going on, but to be recollected to the Lord and be present to him instead of, you know, making yourself more present to another. So that's like one way of, it's kind of a, a both and in a way of a physical and an interior mortification. Yeah, I can see that. Um, because there is a, I think there's a pleasure that we get in doing the things that we enjoy. We get that little adrenaline rush. We get that hit of, you know, this is fun. This is, you know, neat and whatever. And to say, I recognize that that, say that pleasure is, is a good, but that I can choose to do something that may be more, less fun, less, more difficult, you know, less pleasurable, but that in that God can bring a greater good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I do think though, like uh, there, there's more acceptance, I would say of people, you know, making choices that are more interior, like, you know, say for example, um, I don't, some people really struggle praying their rosary, right? They, they just, they don't enjoy it. They find it, you know, they don't feel like they get a lot of um, spiritual fulfillment out of it or whatever. So then to say, I am going to make a choice to pray the rosary every day, even though I'm not experiencing what I feel as, you know, a high from it or a spiritual gift but I'm going to do this as an act of the will because I want to offer glory to the Lord. I mean, I think that kind of thing is very acceptable and very... You, would you consider that a type of mortification? It is if you really just don't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, if you... And, and God may, like, take that and be like, you know what? I'm going to uh, bless your your desire to pray and to 
overcome your flesh and well, what you were going to say, which I'm going to finish was obedience to the Holy spirit and, and yeah, that, obedience right, yeah. right to the Holy spirit I, that he may say, okay, now I'm going to give you actually joy in this prayer. He mm-hmm. might do that or it might never be joyful and you'll just continue right. to, it'll continue to be something that you have to, you know, go against your pleasure center in order yeah. to fulfill but I think the the more physical side of things, which has really fallen out of like favor at all, is something that we really are missing in the world because I don't I really have to say, I don't think there is any coincidence in the fact that we are suffering from a great explosion of sins of the flesh in an age where we are totally unwilling to consider things that mortify the flesh for the most part. I'd like to talk about that mm-hmm. some. Yeah. Some of the other things that mortify the flesh, because you're right. I mean, this is one of the ways for us on a very small scale to help our community. Yeah, for, for sure. Help our loved ones mm-hmm. to do this well. Right. And I would say that, like, you know, somebody might think it's a mortification to say, for example, not sleep with your girlfriend or boyfriend before you get married. That's not a mortification. No, I'm sorry. That is just living your life as a Christian. Is that hard sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that can be hard, but that's not a mortification. You're just, you're living the, the, the life. But the reality is, is that your ability to live a moral life that is going to call you to make choices that are difficult physically and spiritually, your ability to do that doesn't just come out of the blue. You need to, like these athletes, they don't get to run, you know, a 400 meter dash in a super fast time just by saying, okay, I want to do that now. So I'm just going to step out on the track and do it. It doesn't work that way. You've got to train. You've got to train. You've got to work hard. You've got to put in the put in the time, the effort. You've got to feel, have the sweat and the pain in order to get to a point where you're going to be able to do that. So, what mortification can be is the choice to prepare yourself for the discomforts that will come to live out the Christian life as we're called. Right, become a spiritual athlete. Absolutely. So, <laughs> say for example. Let's take, let's take a young man, for example, who say, you know, he's currently not in a romantic relationship, but one day he may be, but he never really denies himself anything when his body, like, you know, when he feels like he wants to eat, he'll eat. When he feels like he wants to drink, he'll drink. When he feels like he wants to sleep, he'll sleep. And and so there's just a sense of allowing comfort all the time in one's life. So what happens when he does get that girlfriend and there's a real physical discomfort that comes in denying himself entering into a relationship with her that is not appropriate in, in the Christian moral life? How is his body going to be able to all of a sudden deny itself 
when it has never denied itself before then. It has not trained to be uncomfortable. It has not trained to say there are greater goods than satisfying my need, at the, my desire at the moment, because it is a, a desire, not a need, actually. He sets himself up for failure by not training himself up to the moment of the challenge. And that, in the end, is a lot about what mortification is. In addition to trying to just a desire to grow closer to the Lord and his suffering, a training of the body and of the mind and of the will so that when the challenges come that actually are places where we have to make choices to live a holy life, we know what it is to say no to our flesh. And so why are we thinking we can run a marathon when we can't even run, you know, for a mile? Meters, <laughs> yeah. You for know, sure. like they have those things couched to 5k. Have you ever heard yes, of that? It, like yes, when I somebody's have, trying yeah. to get going on the running, you don't start at the 5k. You start with a, a small run, you walk a little bit, whatever. And so this is, I think in the spiritual life, what mortification can be is looking ahead about the challenges that you might face in your life spiritually, morally, Mm -hmm. that are going to be both in the spirit and in the body and saying, what are some ways that I can train myself to be able to make the right choice when it really matters? Well, let's, let's, let's break that down a little bit because, you know, we're getting into, uh, the end of the show, going to wrap up here in a little bit. I want to go into more specifics about, so Megan, I want to do more mortification properly because Mm -hmm. I had got that a little bit confused and been using the suffering that was coming to me to offer back to my Lord, which is very good and right too, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily a mortification. Right. So I can offer mortifications like, because I don't want to exercise. Yes, it is good for my health. But if my health is good, then my spiritual um, clarity will be good as well. Correct. So right. doing that kind of thing, um, as well as fasting, mm-hmm. you know, fasting and abstinence from certain foods, you know, yeah, that mm-hmm. as well. So what else? Um, what else would you say? I mean, uh, one of the things I've done in the past um, that I don't recommend doing, I don't even do it anymore, was putting like a, a penny in my shoe mm-hmm. that was discomfort. For yeah. the whole day, like on a mm-hmm. Friday, I would do that. Um, but I don't know. I'm interested to hear, like, what forms of mortification would you say is appropriate for our day and times for young people through older people as well? I think the the most important thing is that this is not something that you just kind of come up with on your own. It's like, oh, this would be a, a good idea or whatever. It's what is on your heart. From the Holy Spirit. Okay. What is the Holy Spirit calling you to? There's a nice little quote from, um, who is it? Oh, oh, St. John Vianney, who said, Oh, how I love those little mortifications that are seen by nobody, such as rising a quarter of an hour sooner, rising for a little while in the night to pray. So it can be as, you know, just little things that you feel that God is sort of putting on your heart. Maybe you need, I, I remember one summer, um, I was praying and and I thought, you know, Lord, you know, how could I kind of go a little deeper and grow a little closer to you? And, you know, I just felt on my heart that he said, why don't you sleep a little less? And so for a period of time, I felt called to get up 
at like around 3 a.m. every morning and pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy in the middle of the night and like kneeling on my floor in the bathroom. Wow. So, and then there was a, then my state in life changed actually such that I had to get up a lot earlier in the morning and the Lord kind of like said, you know what, that was for the time then. And I don't think that's where, you know, for you now and just move on to, you know, let it go. So the important thing is to respond to the Holy Spirit, bring him your desire. The desire should be, Lord, I want to grow closer to you. I want to train myself to be, to make the choices at the times that it really matters. So I want to prepare myself for those moments. And I am open to however you call me to do that and just really be open to what he calls you to. That now, obedience to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, these smaller things or less dramatic, I say, quote unquote, dramatic things of fasting or, you know, getting up earlier to pray or things like that. That's certainly not something that you need to um, get a big consultation about or with a spiritual right. director or something like that. But if you are feeling on your heart that you're called to maybe, uh, you know, a more significant mortification that might involve, you know, something like... You know, like St. John Paul II, he, it came out, you know, after he passed away that he did uh, do mortification where he would um, use, traditionally it's called the discipline, which is like a whip, a corded whip that, you know, he would, you know, whip his back some. And people are like, oh my gosh, that's crazy or whatever. But actually this is something that is very commonly found among saints throughout the ages of Christianity. And, but it's the only the type of thing that one would be entered in would enter into if they had felt a call to the Holy from the Holy Spirit and brought it that to a spiritual director or you know priest confessor and said you know I feel like this is uh, the Holy Spirit's put this on my heart can we talk about this can we you know can you discern with me if this is a true call from the Holy Spirit and so that a greater level of discernment needs to happen if it's going to be something that's a little more dramatic, I would say, and that you always are bound if you're in a relationship with a spiritual director to obedience. So if the, if the spiritual director says, you know what, uh, I don't think that's right for you. I'm not feeling that the Holy spirit is, is in this. And, and the, so I, you know, don't think you should move forward for it. You should say, yes, ma'am. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Right. And because in your obedience, that may be the mortification that the Lord is asking of you. Mm-hmm. The obedience itself, um, or, you know, if they say after talking to you and praying with you and discerning that this really does seem to be a call from the Holy Spirit, you know, go forward and, and then see the fruit. And if it's come, if good fruit comes, then you can have the, the conviction that yes, indeed, you know, you did discern correctly, but if it doesn't bear spiritual fruit, if it doesn't draw you closer to the Lord. It doesn't make you fall more in love with him. If it starts to turn in on itself and you're starting to develop a spiritual pride of it. Nope. You're, you're out like it's cause it's not the act itself. It's the desire of the heart and the movement of the Holy spirit and being obedient to that. But the reason I wanted to do this podcast on it is because I think we have developed such an aversion to the idea of it that we close ourselves off to the mere idea that you could be called right. to it. Well, you know, Megan, before we wrap up the show, I want to, I want to give a kind of analogy of what I personally have experienced that 
is an identifier of being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. the, the what I'm going to use is the example of praying the rosary. Starting out praying the rosary years ago, um, it was I would get this kind of knot in my stomach. Like I would have the inspiration from the Holy Spirit, pray a rosary, even if it's just a decade or two decades. And I would get this internal knot, which I want to say was that self will to say, ooh, I don't want to. Mm. It's not fun. I don't get anything out of it. Um, That's all a little dialogue will go in my head. And I would like rebuke it and say, no, I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to push through that ick. I don't know, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way, that just that not that I had that said, no, I don't want to do it. And I'd say no. And I'd rebuke that and and then go forward and saying um, a decade, two decades, three decades, however many it was. But I think that's a perfect point that when you feel an inspiration by the Holy Spirit to do something that is of a spiritual good and you have a reaction that mm. is kind of physical, ooh, yuck, no, I don't want to do that. Um, I don't feel like it. Those kind of words especially are a trigger to be obedient to the Spirit. So I just want to encourage our listeners that when you get that feeling, it's probably a time to offer that to the Lord as a mortification. Mm-hmm. And I do want to give one Um, important caveat. If you are not in a spiritual place where you are convicted of God's great love for you, that you do not understand yourself as a beloved child of the Lord. Quite a few people (laughs) fall in that category. Then you're probably not going to want to go into any major places of, you know, mortification because what can happen is, is that if you're not understanding his love for you and you're just acting out of a a sense of I'm terrible and I need to punish myself. That's not what this is about. You know, this is about coming up from a place of Lord, I love you. I want to draw nearer to you. I want anything that is within me that is not properly ordered to be cast out. I'm I want the refinement that sometimes can only come from the pain of denial or uh, whatever, you know, so you've got to really be attentive to where your heart is and what your purpose is. And I will also say this exercise, you know, bringing it back to the Olympics and things like that can be a great place of bodily mortification because it has this beautiful double action of it can be intensely uncomfortable and painful, but yet, um, have both spiritual and physical benefits. I mean, exercise has great spiritual benefits. I mean, excuse me, um, physical benefits. It can also in, in, a, when chosen for a mortification have spiritual benefits, but if you start out with, I'm going to say, I'm going to run a, a, a mile every day as fast as I can for a mortification purpose. But then all of a sudden you start like checking the time and seeing how fast you're able to do it. And then looking in the mirror and seeing how that's changing your body. And then all of a sudden what started out as a mortification now becomes something about uh, achieving a vanity Mm -hmm. or achieving some temporal like goal of, Mm -hmm. of like bragging about how fast you can run a mile. Then you've, you've, gone out of the spirit of what you started it in and gone into, you know, the devil basically has gotten into your good intention and warped it to it to bring it 
focus back on yourself. Similar with fasting. Um, yeah. I really fell in that too. It's like I started fasting. Oh, I'm losing weight. Oh, wow. And yeah. the focus then became, wow, I like this benefit. And that yeah, let me get more, on the scale. Let me, you know. That was more, end up being more right. of a motivation than, than the actual offering it to the Lord. Right. So you constantly have to be checking yourself and saying, where is my gaze? What am I focused on? Am I focused on myself or am I focused on the Lord? But the, I think to wrap it up, what I would say is we are called to strive to become great, like you said earlier, spiritual athletes, Mm -hmm. to go faster, higher, longer, you know, to really want in our lives to continue to grow stronger and stronger in our faith, in our relationship with the Lord. And that in order to do that, you're going to continually have to challenge yourself. Empty yourself. Yeah. Kenosis. I love that word. That self-emptying. You're going to have to empty yourself of self and so that the Lord can fill. But part of that self-emptying may be being called to mortification, you know, to making changes choices to do the hard things in moments where they're not necessary necessarily right but so that you can be ready that when the hard things choices need to be made by necessity you're ready to make them train run the race run it hard, run it with intention, run it with passion, run it with purpose so that you will reach that goal, which is to one day enter into the rest. That's right. Because God loves you very much. He does. He does. So thank you for joining us today for this podcast. We hope that it's blessed you. And if it has, we pray that you would share it with others. And uh, we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, God bless. God bless. God bless.